When it comes to weight loss, no two people are the same. That's why Noom builds personalized plans based on your unique psychology and biology. Take Brittany. After years of unsustainable diets, Noom helped her lose 20 pounds and keep it off. I was definitely in a yo-yo cycle for years of just losing weight, gaining weight, and it was exhausting. And Stephanie. She's a former D1 athlete who knew she couldn't out-train her diet, and she lost 38 pounds. My relationship to food before Noom was never consistent. And Evan, he can't stand salads, but he still lost 50 pounds with Noom. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. Even through the pickiness, Noom taught me that building better habits builds a healthier lifestyle. I'm not doing this to get to a number. I'm doing this to feel better. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom users compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Here we are again. Clapped. Once again. Welcome. Oh my god, we're back again. Listen, <laughs> listen, it has been only a week, yet it feels like it's been an eternity. Um, it has been. There's know, been. What week? did we even do last week? What was there's the episode? There's been major uh, current events happened in the past five days. Uh, a, a major economic crisis was both created and averted. Within the span of five days, what are you talking about? The Suez Canal blockage, bro. Oh, oh yeah, yeah, that's right. Oh yeah. Oh, you mean you mean big boat meme? Big, big boat, boat meme. meme. Yeah, yeah big meme was you, you funny. That one. Okay, that current event. I was talking about this with Leah earlier. That current event was funny. Um, <laughs> attacking the intelligence of the of current and past first ladies is not funny. Current event. Um, oh, I missed that. Less, less Matt funny. Matt Gates caught up in child sex trafficking scandal. I have not missed that one. That one less, is uh, that's wild. However, but also not surprising. However, unsurprising, <laughs> and however glad I am to see the downfall of Matt Gates. Still not mm. a funny current event. No, no definitely less memey. Less, not as much fun. The boat uh, was pure meme. It was pure oh, meme, yes. and it Bo was, was great. pure meme. Um, apparently, the f- the the first dogs are shitting everywhere. That's that's pretty quality meme right there. Dogs <laughs> shitting in the White House. You know, you love to <laughs> see fir- it. The first dog. Oh, yeah, what apparently the dogs, dogs are dogs. like the dogs are and like also biting everybody. Yeah, apparently, <laughs> hor- apparently horribly behaved. Horribly behaved. These dogs are. I mean, I mean, what's more American than having like a really poorly behaved dog you're apologizing the for answer to that question Brent is nothing <laughs> you nothing think we could find you think we could find like a thousand dollars in the but in the government budget somewhere to for just some training to just hire a dog trainer no like, what the heck a thousand dollars in the government budget surely the Obama would be like money. would be like listen I've written books I've got the po- I've lined my pockets Joe here a thousand dollars is nothing to me here's a thousand dollars but see but Joe's Joe's got to reach across the aisle so that means he'll only get a hundred dollars for training because the Republicans push back and he's like well okay I'm sorry <laughs> I'm sorry I'm sorry I asked for money is this Mitch or is that Joe? This is Joe. That's Joe being That's sorry Joe. for asking for money. For money. <laughs> I'm sorry. Oh, but man. Anyway, we're not here to talk about Joe Biden and his 
shitty behaved dogs. We're here yeah. to talk about uh, other brain boggling things. Who, who let yeah. the dogs out? That's what I want to know. Are Listen, I've been asking that are? question since 1999, and I'm not gonna solid answer. <laughs> Me too, because I, I was alive then. I'm old and too. Yeah. <laughs> and Jack, who are you? What what who, what is your I name? Am, uh, are we? I am who are the we? just move that boat, Jay Jack. <laughs> Um, that's so good dude that's the best thing i've ever heard just move that boat come on it's not that hard just move the boat okay 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 i saw a lot of tweets move that boat it's really hard to move that boat (laughs) apparently it's very hard (laughs) i mean it's hard to move any boat dude have you ever tried to move a boat it ain't easy listen i saw more people complaining about people um trying to have the boat situation explained to them than people actually explaining the boat situation (laughs) and i had let me tell you zero people explain the boat situation to me and this is what i understand (laughs) from it a big old boat got stuck and then ships couldn't pass through where it got stuck and then it got unstuck and it was fine and that was the extent of it and that's all you really need to that's all you really need to know sounds (laughs) about right (laughs) and who am i well i'm glad you asked me please do it I am your blood work, B. So lame. Bobby, or I guess, I don't know, what do you want me to do? Biden's big bloodhound, B? I don't know. He doesn't have a bloodhound. They're German (laughs) shepherds, bro. Oh. Bro. Bruv. No, it's fine. Move on. That's who I am. I'm Bobby. Move on. We're moving on. (laughs) And I I guess I'll be your Bill and Melinda Gates Foundation, B. Brent. Oh. Because we're talking anti-vax today, but I wanted we're you to be anti-vax. just boat. B. I wanted you yeah. to just be boat. Yeah, and you know what? I'm just your big ass boat, B. Brent. You know? I'm, I'm boat. Know. I'm Dude, boat I'm stuck. I'm boat yes. stuck. You know, Yo, listen, we're all boats today. Bo- Brent, all did boats. you ever play Counter Strike, the original Counter Strike? Yeah, I did. Did you ever? Were bit. you? Did you ever see the the famous doors stuck meme? Yeah. Or <laughs> that sounded yeah. so unenthused. What? No, sad. it's not even that bad. It's just funny. It's not bad. It's, it's just, just like yeah. Old it's meme. like remembering like a former life when I used to still play online first-person shooter <laughs> games on computers. You know, it's just because now I just whenever someone brings up the boat being, whenever someone says boat stuck, I'm all, I just think of doors stuck. <laughs> boat stuck. Uh, how come so nobody's Door done that? Stuck. Somebody had to have done that crossover meme. Hey, if you're yeah, listening, and you're just, a fan of both memes. Do that crossover meme. Speaking of freaking reaching out to us, we got a. I got debated in an email today. Really, I didn't even uh, notice that. because we got an email this morning that was like, "Hey, I'm a big fan. I just wanted to reach out." And I'm like, "Oh, this is so nice. I just wanted to reach out and on behalf of of so and so podcast network." And I'm like, "Ah, they got me. They got me. They got you, dude. It's an April Fool's joke." And then I close Very the email right there. The first thing I do when I wake up in the morning is I read my email. Mm-hmm. Um. I wonder, so so it's an unintentional April Fool, because today that we're recording this, it is April Fool's Day. Unless it is an epic April Fool. April Fool's, the boat's still stuck. Imagine if the whole government (laughs) did that, if the world government did that. (laughs) April Fool's, nobody has food. Dude, there was a GoFundMe that was trying to raise a million dollars to pay the next boat captain to get another boat stuck. (laughs) My God. (laughs) Uh, uh, yeah. but, um, hey, you know what uh, could have been on those? You know what was probably on those boats? What? Vaccinations, bro. Yes, vaccinations that we don't want. 
Good get them away from me. I already got it. I already got it. I got that. Listen, you know what else I got? I got a Microsoft tablet. I got... Mm -hmm. I have got the Microsoft, Microsoft micro chip in micro you from the I got, I got a micro surface edge, which lets me access the wide family of Microsoft software. So, so what you're PowerPoint saying... Okay. So, so basically, listeners at home, we can't trust anything Jack says on this podcast. So, yeah, Zach, uh, Jack is brought to you by uh, Bill and Melinda <laughs> Gates Foundation today. I love so. Bill and Mill. Bill and Mel. Mel. Bill and Mel. Bill Mel. So, Bill Mel. Yeah, so, I I don't know. I decided I'm just going to be a petty bitch like I always am and pick a topic that's going to get us nothing but hate on the internet, mm -hmm. like QAnon. Yo, but also nothing but <laughs> listens, bro. Yeah, for yes. some reason, we get way more listens on these episodes, but way for more some For some reason, we get way more listens when we do episodes that are based around current event topics. Yeah, what's that and all controversy. about, controversy. I know. Honestly, that's part of the reason guys, why I wanted to do NFTs, because... Mm. Yeah. Mm. That was a Big fun one. This yeah, one is probably not going to be as fun. My friend Alex <laughs> some told facts me on that me. Brent, lay some Alex facts on me. Do, aut do autism's cause vaccines? Does it yes, go actually, the other way yeah, You're right, Jack. People think that vaccines cause autism, but it's the opposite. Autism causes vaccines. I saw Bill uh, Nye, so. <laughs> some, some scientist dude who tweeted and was like, the percentage of doctors... In pharmaceutical researchers that have autism is high, so actually mm. autism causes vaccines. Yes, it's <laughs> true. Something. Listen, wow. They listen, we if anything, we speak purely the truth. We are yes. experts on this podcast. Facts. We can't say that autism causes vaccines. Listen, don't but, care about but your hey, allegedly, uh, allegedly, also everything <laughs> we say on this podcast is alleged that we heard from. A I think this one time, this maybe. podcast is one of its tags is comedy. So take everything yeah. with a grain of salt. <laughs> yes, it's allegedly comedy. It's, it's allegedly comedy. <laughs> <laughs> That's but actually I was pretty say, good. My friend yeah. Alex listened to the uh, the uh, the NFT episode and uh, he, he learned a little bit about it oh. because he actually had just bought an NFT and he didn't even know it. And then he I listened was to the hoping episode. You would say learned like, a lot, but he did uh, learn a lot. You said learned a lot. He learned a little. He learned. A little. He learned Oh, oh, medium he, he, amount. You know, he learned he learned a sandlot. How much like, did yeah. he learn? What's the actual amount? Can I get some? Can, I keep derailing this podcast. Can I get some? <laughs> it's totally facts? fine. It's fine. It's not like this episode's going to be like two hours long. Hey, Brent! Hey, Brent! Would you give me a vaccine? Give me a vaccine fact, Brent. <laughs> oh man! Welcome to oh, derailed so with BB and J. I'm trying to get a vaccine fact. Yeah, so let's let's talk anti-vax. So John Vax created the so first vaccine. So John Vaccine and 18 Skidoo <laughs> came Good up one. with the. Oh, no, I don't know. 18 Skidoo, where are you? <laughs> oh man, it's like I it's like I don't actually that want to talk about this. It's weird, but like okay, but we have to dive in. Let's so I'm sure if you're let's listening to this podcast, let's inject ourselves into this. Let's into inject ourselves system. into the world of anti-vaccination. Yes. So, if you're listening to this podcast, I'm sure you're familiar with the concept of anti-vax. But if you're not, let, let me kind of just give you, let me break it down for you in you know, layman's terms. So, anti-vax are, yeah, dro yeah, drop an old testament. I, I thought you were going to break it down. <laughs> No. My name is Brenton. I'm here to say I'm going to talk about backs in a different way. Another day, another rhyme, another dime, another dollar. <laughs> <laughs> you were going off for a bit. Another white collar. <laughs> Co 
criminals. What? Yeah, all right. Um, all right. So, it's, um, yeah, let's see. How long can we go without actually <laughs> defining anti-vax? So, anti-vax, otherwise known as vaccine hesitancy, also known as anti-vaccination, Perfect. is a reluctance or refusal to be vaccinated or to have one's Holy children name, vaccinated against name, contagious diseases. In a name, People who <laughs> oh my god people who subscribe to this view are commonly known as anti-vaxxers as we established the term encompasses karen's. a bunch of karen's so we got karen's we got kevin's we got stevens no all right so the term encompasses um uh, uh, there's there's a there's some gradation some gradiency to the term anti-vax it is doesn't just mean people who outright refuse to be vaccinated or think that vaccines are just straight up bad mm-hmm. it also includes people who believe in delaying vaccinations um accepting that vaccines um work but remain uncertain about their use or uh believe that certain vaccines you know are bad and other ones are good or even that you know vaccines are good but you should only take them like spread apart because some people believe that like if you take too many at once that's bad for you no, it'll overload your that. system yeah, it's called vaccine <laughs> overload. That's actually the term that they use. So, oh, um, shit! We'll, we'll, we'll actually kind of get into that a little bit more later, but then it's kind of just like the basics. Before we, yep. before we yep, get yep. too far into it, okay, if you bye. are listening and you are a, a person who does not believe in vaccinations... Stop I, listening! Stop listening! Stop Go listening home. to the, listen. No, stop listening to the big media. Stop listening to <laughs> the people telling you who to listen to. Start listening to underground. Listen to pirate radio. Don't even <laughs> listen. Don't even listen to the internet. Listen. Write your own books and do your own research through those mm. books. All right. Exactly. You can't trust anyone. Eat a mushroom. If it kills you, don't eat it. If it if if you if if you like it, keep eating it, dude. That's all you that's all you can do in this world, man. That's all you can do, bro. That's, that's all it's you exactly do. what I was gonna say, Jack. That is exactly what I was gonna say. <laughs> no, but 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 I was going to say, you know, let's let's take this with a grain of salt. Let's learn a few things because I I don't know anything about anti-vax or pro-vax, and I'm listen, totally listen, open to learning about either listen, one, and I'm I'm excited to get going here. Listen, Bobby, are you listening? Um, actually, I can understand. No. <laughs> I can understand someone being like, uh, I don't really get it. Uh, I don't know. Vaccines little bit scary i can you know things that you don't understand can be scary um but uh yeah. if you're like one of those people who it's like vaccines are causing autism mm-hmm. and someone who's like oh vaccines are gonna put you know bill and melinda gates chip it's like maybe <laughs> maybe think about maybe think about well, things again you're I gonna mean, get I two agree, chips but- you're gonna get a bill chip and a melinda chip <laughs> Or no, yeah. maybe you'll get either or. Well, that's why that's why the COVID vaccine is two injections. So you get the bill chip. Oh, and you then the you get the Melinda <laughs> chip. Don't forget yeah, about yeah, the yeah. potato chip. That's the one it's, that makes you. And it's spaced out potato. exactly. Bill met that's Melinda terrible. exactly two months after he started the Windows Foundation, and the vaccine separation is two months, mirroring the creation of Microsoft and the meeting of. Melinda Gates, a.k.a. the she-devil. <laughs> <laughs> listen, listen. I I completely agree, Jack. I completely agree. 
Well, we don't but, agree with that. you know, one problem that we, well, not with that, but one problem <laughs> we have a, a lot nowadays with the internet is misinformation. And a lot of people get information that they think is real information, and it's not. Bro, so, don't um, even yeah. take the information here. you find on this podcast. Is, you know what? This podcast, as far as you're concerned, is misinformation. Okay. It is. Like Jack said, go do your own research. Yeah, just, just regard everything I'm going to say for the next two hours. But if, if you want to find out where I found out about these things that I'm about to say, go check out our brain blog where there will be a bunch of sourcing links and videos and yeah, stuff yeah. to watch and read. So take those people's word for it. I'm just a person who read all that shit and synthesized it into a Google Doc. So all right, yeah. <laughs> So let's no, now. We're, we're not scientists. We're Google Doc readers. We're, we're Google Doc <laughs> readers. So listen, I, I'm I'm really good at reading other people's articles we're and Google then doctors. writing that into a Google Doc. Let me tell you, so, Bobby's not doctors. even that great at that. All right, I'm not. <laughs> but but you know what? I went to Google Doc Medical School, and I'm a Google doctor. Mm. And mm. oh, that's works. good. Yeah, I wasn't. Mm-hmm. I wasn't even. Nine out of ten I, Google doctors agree that the Brain Boggle podcast should be your one and only source for information on the internet. I know that's what we should call these people. How come these people aren't called Google doctors? I don't know, no, dude. Google doctors. But Google I had to repeat that joke at least six times before somebody acknowledged. I know it, so. we just well, weren't listening. Yeah, we're we'll talking so about some Google doctors later when we get into um some of the origins of these more modern anti-vax uh, sentiments. But before we do that, let, let me kind of just give you some general stats about anti-vax in the United States. So polling has suggested, oh, so all this data I'm about to give you is from the Washington Post, a Washington Post article from uh, 2019. Oh, so I thought that it was from be, generals. That, that will be, or the Washington generals, um, as they get yeah. slam dunked on by yeah. the fucking Harlem Globetrotters. Um, <laughs> well, because you said so, general stats. So just, yeah, so, yeah, so... Um, all that article will be in, in the brain bloggle, so check that out if you so desire. So um, they did a study kind of surveying people throughout the United States to kind of get an idea of like where the anti-vax sentiment sort of is at this point in uh, the United States. Um, this data is through 2019. I would be very curious to see some updated data. I was going to say, probably... Because uh, that was pre-COVID, so I'm very yeah, curious to see how If you were to do some, 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 some 2021 data, it would probably be a lot different. Yeah, uh, but yeah. I'm curious into which direction. Um, but yeah. before we get there, let's talk about the data that we do have, which unfortunately only goes through 2019, but I still think it's worth going over yeah. so polling has suggested as many as three in ten americans uh think vaccines should not be generally mandatory so that so about 30 percent of americans think that vaccines should not be considered a mandatory thing that you should it should be your choice to decide whether or not a vaccine is right for you so about 30 percent smaller of the than safe. I, that's smaller than i expected actually. 30 per, th- i mean 30 percent a third almost of the population yeah. and the other thing too is it's not great half. i was expecting is half. is those people it's it's like those people it's those kind those those kind of people it's fine because it's like i would total i'm the type of person who would be like all right uh 100 you don't have to vaccinate your child um we don't have to let your child into public education anywhere then right. and also like then it's like okay also yeah good luck getting into a private school anywhere then you'd have to homeschool your children i mean it's tricky because which they probably would do i absolutely agree that you know it should be necessary uh part of health and safety but i mean it is tough so many people in this country are like 
hell-bent on their freedom of choice and blah, 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 blah. Yeah, it's one of those things where it's like, I don't know, I kind of feel like homeschooling low-key should be not legal. Um... Like, I feel like you cannot trust the average person to educate a child, (laughs) you know, like, I feel like if you're going to, if you're going to, if you're going to homeschool, you should have to like, pass some kind of thing, unless you go through one of those, like, yeah. I'm not sure how that stuff Things. works. Unless you're be raised honest. by wolves in the in the woods, then because there are some like personal tutors, teacher type things. Well, hey, I don't know. Maybe with all of the stuff we're having to go through right now of COVID and you know remote learning, maybe uh, public schools can like wrap in some like small like, hey, we got like two teachers who like teach the kids who won't get vaccinated. I know home. now. Now, <laughs> now, anti-vaxxers are like, what's your excuse? Mm-hmm. Because there have been kids who like are like we can't let your kid in because they're not vaccinated. There have yeah. been there have been a few cases that we've heard about, and then they'd be like, "All right, then they're zooming in." Yeah. <laughs> there, so, there are hybrid classes like that. Interesting. Yeah, I don't know enough about it. I don't have kids, so you know this is not something I've had to deal with at any point in my life. But of the that thirty percent, sixteen percent of them also believe that vaccines are just either straight up not safe at all or they are very skeptical or unsure of their safety as in 16 percent of the total or 16 percent of the 30 percent um yeah i sorry i i I said that like not very well so about 16 percent of the united states thinks that vaccines are either completely unsafe and should not be taken at all or they're skeptical of their safety and are unsure so, okay as to so like half of, that. Half, so of like half of the 30 yeah right so that's kind of what i was saying but that the way i said it made it sound like you know like 16 percent of the 30 percent which is not what i'm saying 16 percent of the americans i wonder if this, it's one of the based things on this polling where, data. Uh, i wonder if it's one of those things where you know where you see it's like Used to see stuff where it was like polling data shows that forty percent. Oh my god, I hit my mic. Um, <laughs> polling data shows that forty percent of U.S. adults uh, believe in ghosts, or like, <laughs> or like thirty percent believe that. You know, twenty percent believe that the United States is controlled by a lizard cabal. <laughs> right. Um, yeah. Now, this this particular study, if I remember correctly, I didn't actually write down the exact numbers, but I think it was like something over twenty thousand people were polled for this particular well, study. So it's a decent sample size. Now, I, I'm I not gonna say. Yeah. yeah. I, well, I was just gonna say that it's like it's like because I always used to think, where the heck are these people? Yeah. Um, like, who are these people? And I wonder if they were just quiet crazy until, you know, the QAnon wave crashed through yeah. um, mm-hmm. and, like, made I'm everyone sure. crazy out loud. Yeah, I mean, I'm sure there's some element of that. I mean, we've also seen that polling data is not always super reliable, as we've seen, like, in recent elections, that, like, yeah. polling data doesn't necessarily always super accurately reflect that where the actual state of the country is on some of these topics. Yeah. So I wonder if it's actually more. Polling I, also, I, I think it is more. And I think part of it is, I think that there were probably more people who were driven to this that didn't care before the pandemic. And now, yeah. you know, mistrust in the media and the government and has probably led to a accumulation of more people who before didn't care. And now are like, I don't trust the government. Yeah. Yeah. You can't really trust polls at all. Honestly, because there's a mixture yeah. of like, it's like, it really depends on what the poll is getting because that like the combination of like, you know, if you're polling, if you're trying to poll on QAnon numbers, how many QAnoners are going to trust a poll? Right. Um, right. And then the other but, thing is, is that, 
Oh, just is that polls are skewed towards um like people who who are of um who are relevant to the poll. Think about it this way. It's like if you sent out an email and said, Do you use the internet? And you polled everybody who, you know, and it was like, oh, 100% of people say they use the internet. It's like, well, the people who don't, don't use email. So you didn't even reach those people. Yeah, so I yeah. think that's kind of like an example of what you're saying, Jack. Right. And it also depends on like how the questions are framed and stuff. Yeah. Like there, there, there's a lot of like factors that can play into that. Now, here's a, a little piece of data from that polling, though, that I did find kind of interesting. It's not super, entirely surprising, but maybe a little bit. Um, contrary to popular belief, more... Uh, Democrats, liberals, and independents see vaccines as being not safe as compared to Republicans or conservatives. So about actually 11% of the uh, 16 that found that vaccines were either unsafe or they were unsure if they were safe were, you know, fell into the Democrat, liberal, independence wonder... crowd, whereas only 4% of Republicans who were polled. It's, it's, it's the veganism, uh, holistic kind of thing. Yeah, I, I was going to yeah, say. Yeah, it's like yeah, alternative yeah. medicine, yeah. West, like, kind of like and I West Coast talking about vibes, um, you know? There's also mm-hmm. like, uh, like people of color, um, mm-hmm. especially like the, uh, the black community, mm-hmm. um, because, uh, it's, they have a, uh, a, a historic distrust of the government. Oh, I wonder and why. rightfully yeah. so. You, you, <laughs> right. you hear about the thing, like the Tuskegee, you know, yeah. experiments or whatever, where like, yeah, people were purposely infected with what was it syphilis just to see. <laughs> yeah, they're like, oh, we're gonna give you like a vaccine, and that's they what I'm saying. Gave him syphilis, and so saying, what many happens? people don't yeah, so. trust the government, and and you know, there's rising numbers of <laughs> heart disease every year, and blah 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 blah, and it's like you know we're being fed by these by this government being fed this food and and all this stuff. It's like of course people don't trust them when they say this is good for you. Like, that's kind of where, and I think it makes sense because if you go into Whole Foods, you know, it's it's mostly people that shop at Whole Foods are usually kind of on the more liberal side. And you also have aisles that are dedicated to holistic medicine, you know, herbs and, and stuff like that. And so Supplements I'm, not, and, I'm not surprised yeah. that they're, they're yeah. connected. Yeah, I wasn't either, but I think a lot of times when you kind of like, yeah, I mean, hell, we were just kind of doing like a little like Southern character, like talking about, you know, <laughs> yeah. Bill Melinda Gates trying to put their vax in yeah. me. But like, it, I mean, and don't, don't get me wrong. There are people on both sides of this, you know, anti-vax issue. It's not, it's not necessarily a political thing. Absolutely. It's just, I think maybe sometimes people tend to like skewer towards like, oh, this is like a, like an uneducated sort of issue. Yeah. And the truth well, is like, that's not as true as you might think it it's is actually- if i were to if i were to do the other side right it would be like sure. it would be like well i'm not putting those <laughs> toxins in my baby yeah you know like god oh, no, okay, no, look now I, we've I t- look now we took a jab at everyone <laughs> and also there's not a, as funny of a voice you can do yeah it's not that. as funny it's not as funny because it's <laughs> oh, just, just like, like a surfer dude cause, like because oh, that bro, view like, is usually just like oh bathtub these are dangerous chemicals that i don't that i don't want in my body or in my children's bodies mm-hmm. i don't know like versus the like crazy conspiracy theory they're trying to control us with the microchips that's way more yeah. fun to make fun of yeah yeah, yeah no absolutely absolutely <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> but we're going to talk about the chemical stuff, too, because um, there's yeah, yeah. I, 
as a part of this podcast, I'm going to try to debunk some of like the uh, the uh, anti-vax things. Busted. That, yeah, put the. Yeah, we're going to do the, a myth busting here. Call me Jamie. We're myth busting. Put the call, transition. Call me Adam. You guys would totally be. Ja- you would be Jamie if you if you two were Jamie and Adam. You would be Jamie and he would be Adam. I would so be Adam. Who would you be? Would you be that other dude, the Terry kid? Grant kid? or uh, well, Grant died. Oh yeah, Grant died. Poor Grant. That was Tori. Terrible. Tori. Tori was the Tori. other guy. Tori was the guy who didn't seem as. I'll as, be Buster, uh, like the dummy the that they ones. beat the shit out of. <laughs> yeah, yeah. There you go. There you go. All right, we so got to get some of those cool cutaways. Yeah, yeah busted, yeah, plausible, yeah, yeah, yeah. busted. So I got one more piece of data from that article that I found interesting. So in 2001. A similar poll was uh, conducted, and and during that poll, about 94% of Americans felt vaccines were safe and important. By 2019, that number fell to 84% of Americans. So interesting. Yeah. So there's there's a a definite trend as to people becoming more and more distrustful of vaccines as time has gone on. Was that a seven percent drop? The ten percent. Ten percent drop. 91 uh, 91 to 84 94 to 84 see if you had had told me that it was 2019 to 2021 i'd be like Mm -hmm. yeah it makes complete sense but it's surprising Mm -hmm. that this was all before the pandemic. five five what is that's over what 20 years almost 18 years uh yeah just about like 18 years um interesting i'm actually surprised that it's only 10 percent. well maybe right. i don't know maybe i mean extremism is you know a very small percentage um right but i think his anti-vax is something that is uh that like as we saw is shared on both sides of the aisle right it's interesting but aisle. yeah it yeah. is and it, it's kind of transformed <laughs> over the years too like a lot of people who like have what we would label as anti-vax sentiments now like don't like that term or like don't consider themselves anti-vax they're like oh we're about freedom of choice or we're about you know informed decision making for our own health or whatever so like it's kind of like transformed into like these like new terms but they all kind of mean the same thing yeah um and also i just wanted to point out that the world health organization uh views vaccine hesitancy as one of the top 10 global health threats today Mm. interesting So, before we go any further, because there's still a lot. (laughs) Um, Gaming and sex and rock and roll. Yes, yeah, so yeah. (laughs) Violent video games. um, And Lil Nas's shoes with blood in them. They don't actually have blood in them. Lil Nas is giving a lap dance to the devil. Um, That's awesome. These are all top 10 threats to world health. Uh, But before we go any further into anti-vax, I just want to take a minute and define what is a vaccine. Yeah, what is it? So, yeah, what is a vaccine? What What is everyone so worried about with vaccines? Why are they so concerned? Let's talk about this. Let's talk about the microchip. So, a vaccine is a biological preparation that provides active acquired immunity to a particular infectious disease. So, what does that mean? A vaccine typically contains an agent that resembles a disease-causing microorganism, a disease-causing microorganism, and is often made from weakened or killed forms of the microbe, its toxins, or one of its surface proteins. So, like, a mm. virus is, you know, we know what a virus is. It's, um, yeah. uh, I it's like, um... I watch Jimmy Neutron. Yes, yeah. but I os- Osmosis <laughs> Jones. Scary. I know what a virus is. I also uh, watch but- <laughs> Osmosis Jones. But if you Murray. don't, it's like, you know, a sub, you know, it's like a microscopic infectious agent that... It's a little dead virus. 
it, yeah. like very but yeah what a virus is in case you don't know what that is where this is like how deep we're going here we're going it so is, deep it's just like you know like like sub microscopic sort of uh but brent is a virus that, like, is able to uh infect a living cell and replicate itself within the living cells of that organism and usually and we get sick because our bodies or immune systems are like ah something is in here that is not supposed is to be wrong. yes and so your body's like achoo 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 get it out of me yep am i right like is it pretty yeah, much is that pretty much what it is yeah that's, that's actually good. what i got well, from wikipedia word for word okay yeah. good even the achoo well, part from my understanding it's more like Oh my god, send all the defenses to this thing in the body. Mm-hmm. And then enemy number two, a, a stiff breeze comes by and knocks you over. Yeah. Yep. A lot of times, too. You hate to see it. You hate the, the one two punch right there. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, um, vaccines, uh, the vaccine, what it does is it stimulates the body's immune system to recognize the vaccine as a threat, it destroys it. And further, it helps it to further recognize and destroy any of the microorganisms associated with that agent that it may encounter in the future. So basically, literally, mm-hmm. Tenkai power, Zenkai yes. power, literally mm-hmm. Zenkai power. Miraku Zenkai power. For those who are not Dragon Ball fans, Zenkai power is what doesn't kill you makes you stronger. And so, yeah. what doesn't kill a Saiyan, a Saiyan when he heals will then gain the power mm-hmm. to defeat whatever killed him. And that's yeah. what your for body you does, are, bro. For those yep. of you who are not Kelly Clarkson fans, um, <laughs> yeah. is, is she the <laughs> one who sings that song? Kill you, <laughs> make you stronger. Some oh, people I say know. I look like a man version of Car- Kelly Clarkson. I don't I know how. I believe that's come up on the podcast before. No I way. I would have remembered that. That has Zach never D come up. brought it up. Zach, Zach D brought it up? What? Here, I'll show you. I'll show you a picture that, that he uses as a reference. Dude. I mean, I did lose a lot of weight in the past, like... Eight to ten months. So you also used to not have facial hair as often. That's true, but without facial hair. Um, I guess, man. I don't know. I don't know, dude. Yeah, I I mean, your 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 face is a lot rounder. Hers is hers is very oval. Yes, she does have an oval face, but whatever whatever doesn't kill me makes me stronger too. So I guess in a way, I am Kelly Clarkson, but. Yeah, well, doesn't, if Zenkai Kelly Clarkson power, doesn't kill you, you'll be stronger than Kelly so, Clarkson. <laughs> so, so Brent, is it yep. true that when you when you do fight, learn to fight off this virus that is kind of like let's say a controlled version of a more deadly virus? Sure. Uh, your body creates like anti antibodies that learn to how to defeat it. Wait, kind of your body creates opposite bodies of you, like Venom and Anti-Venom from the <laughs> yeah, Marvel Yeah, it's the comics. Nega version. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, like so... In, yeah. Uh, Scott, yep, yep. Thomas That's Scott. Kinda, what's his name? Scott Lang? Ant-Man? What's his name? Yeah, Scott Lang. No, sure. what's his name? I don't know. Scott oh. versus the world. Paul Rudd? I don't know. Jason Scott. Scott Pilgrim? Scott Pilgrim. Jason Scott. Jason I, Scott. <laughs> Scott Pilgrim versus the world. Scott, Jason Scott and the Funky Bunch or whatever the hell that movie comic series is. I don't know. <laughs> but Scott Pilgrim versus the world. Are we actually talking about Scott Pilgrim versus the world with Nega Scott? Yeah. Well, I was yeah, just okay. it's related. It's related. Okay. Well, because I did say the Nega version, so I wasn't sure I know. if you were actually picking up on my reference there. So it's the I know. Negagen. Well, that's what that's what like van- anti venom is like, just a Nega version of Venom because he's like black and white and reversed. 
of course. Mr. Negative so, yeah. from the Spider-Man PS4 game. Tell us about some more vaccine <laughs> stuff. Yeah, yeah, so like I said, yeah, I know we're like 30 minutes in and like I've, I'm like on page two of like 20 pages of notes. This hey, is wild. Um, so, uh, so um, yeah, so basically you get the vaccine, you get like some either the disease itself, like a really weakened or dead version of it or some agent or protein from within that thing. The body fights it off easily, handily even. It like creates more antibodies for that particular disease so it's ready to go if it ever encounters that particular disease again which is why if you take you know that particular vaccine you're less likely to get that particular disease and so nobody nobody (laughs) has ever died from the virus injected into them from a vaccine right is that true what's that (laughs) no one has ever died from the virus that was injected into them through uh, so you're saying they got the vaccine then they the vaccine gave them the virus and they died from it is right, that what you're saying that's, that is i'm just making sure that we're clarifying to the listeners that has yes. never happened right i don't that know is never, now people have never, had allergic reactions to vaccines yeah. before yeah. but when not, my dad they were got not his given, flu shot earlier he was like he, he he was a little nauseous the next day yeah. Right. Now, when then side effects are, you know, not uncommon with vaccines. I mean, I'm sure you've heard about for the COVID vaccine that's going around that a lot of people, when they get that second dose, get like, they're like kind of laid up for a couple of days. They get like really bad headaches or body Dang aches pain. and stuff. I that's not like an uncommon thing for did not uh, get vaccines. any side effects. Well, that's good. For my vaccine, I will say. So far, I got the Pfizer vaccine, which has just been stunning with its numbers and with its credibility on like the g dang astrazeneca vaccine i think that's who it was allegedly who like fudged their numbers on their vaccine results mm-hmm. they were like chair they like used old data or something that's the like worst to thing that. to fudge your numbers on but uh yeah it, it was like it just, i think it was like a matter of like five percent or something but um right i didn't get that vaccine so well, that's uh, good get <laughs> fucked astrazeneca allegedly it's, maybe allegedly, i don't know maybe. i can't remember so that that being put aside so yeah bobby uh to answer your question no to all my research i could not find of anyone dying being basically given the disease from the vaccine and then dying from it that's never happens to my knowledge that i could find any data on cool i just now, wanted to like clarify said, to people that like we're not literally just getting people yeah no and th- th- it is true that there is a very small percentage of people who will have some sort of alert allergic reaction some to a of vaccine. you may die <laughs> But that I is mean, a sacrifice that, I'm saying, I am willing to make. It's it's pretty rare that, that that you hear about anyone actually having a fatal reaction to a vaccine. Because one thing that came up in my research is that unlike like a lot of like drugs that can be prescribed, vaccines are held to a much higher rigorous standard of uh, research and peer review than you know say you know any prescription drug you get here a commercial for. You know, yeah. like when you're watching, you know, your 25th Listen, episode of Larner or SVU. You know, you might hear warp the- speed. It's gonna get rid of others, others measly regulations, all those measly checks. <laughs> We're just gonna get rid of them. We're just gonna make the vaccine, and it's gonna work. But uh. but but like Frank, you're talking about like you're talking about when you see those commercials like Pluriton. Ask yeah. your doctor before taking Pluriton because it no, may those are sneezing. like medications. Did you know the United States is the only country that can advertise medication like that? Yeah. Oh yeah. yeah that's, and other countries are like, like that's weird. 
Yeah, so but so Cringe. unlike those medications, uh, vaccines are held to a much more rigorous and higher standard of research and efficacy and trials. It's actually, um, I mean, you know, other than this COVID vaccine, which obviously under the circumstances has been sort of like much more expedited and trying to get it out to the world to try to like, you know, curb this global pandemic. But most vaccines have a period of between 10 to 25 years before they ever actually reach the mainstream usage because of all the testing it has to go through before it's even allowed to be used. Mm-hmm. But um, anyway, all that is to say is that, you know, yes, reactions can happen to vaccines, but they're rare and rarely, if ever, deadly. Most of the time, you know, when reactions happen, it's more just like they make someone sick, you know, yeah. for a little bit, but not with the thing that they're being, you know, immune, immune, and is, blah, immunized or whatever, too. Uh, I immunized. can't say the word. Yeah. So, but I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to try to blast through some of this stuff here. So why are vaccines why do vaccines matter so we established what a vaccine is what it does but why does it even matter so if i as someone who you know has freedom of choice why does it matter like if i decide i don't want to get vaccinated who cares that's my choice right well here's why getting vaccinated matters uh scientific evidence for the effectiveness of large-scale vaccines is well established between two to three million deaths per year are prevented worldwide due to vaccinations and an additional 1.5 million deaths could be prevented each year if all recommended vaccines were used so we're talking between you know three to 4.5 million lives potentially could be saved every year just from taking recommended vaccines dude that's funded that study who funded that study let me (laughs) guess William Gates. It William was Gates. Big Pharma with with, with Willie <laughs> Gates in his back pocket. The problem is, I mean, you can that 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 is a great statistic. I mean, because it, it does show the importance. Um, Listen, the problem that we run into a lot is like twenty five oh, well, million that, people you know? died in World War Two. Two million people being saved is nothing. <laughs> I saved the free world. In World War Two, I don't uh, even know who this character is. Are you is FDR? Anymore. Like, who are you right now? <laughs> yeah, I have polio. Winston Churchill. <laughs> well, speaking of polio, that is um, a disease that's been largely eradicated thanks to vaccines. Yes, we um, have vac- proof, people. I remember when, when it was eradicated in India. Mm. What? Oh, what is happening? So, vaccination campaigns helped eradicate uh, smallpox, which. Once killed as many as one in seven children in Europe every year, and have nearly eradicated polio. So, like Ooh. these extremely deadly diseases have been almost completely gun rid of thanks to vaccination campaigns, um, to the point where, like, you know, people don't even really like remember like what it's like when people get those diseases. That'd be like now if like you know we're like say like 40 years from now we're all old and decrepit and our grand we're talking about covid to our grandkids like oh i remember when we weren't allowed to leave our house and no one could breathe from the covid and they're like the fuck are you talking about grandpa yeah. go to bed yeah be like, oh, i thought it was be gonna so be real. uh yeah but grandpa be like asking uh, for a corona be uh be like chicken pox or something yeah, you know? I mean, I had chicken pox. You know, I did I not. also did. I had chicken, chicken pox. pox. You self-vaccinate against kind of. Well, yeah, I got basically the shot, what, but yeah, when in my generation it was like whenever one kid got 
chicken pox. He's like, all right, get him together with all the other kids so they all get it. Yeah. And we just get this over with. So goofy. That is so weird. And that happened to me. I got the chicken pox and then I went to like the daycare that I would stay at and like you hung were out patient with all the kids. zero? Yeah, for Wait. my uh, fucking, oh, you, you know, bastard. daycare for when I was like four years old or Brent, whatever. Never had chicken pox, never had lice. Yeah, I've never had really? lice either. I had lice. I had lice. I, I knew you it. had lice. I was going to say <laughs> I, Bobby's probably I, had lice. I just let them live there, you know? It's all good. It's all no, good. Have you, have, lice. Lice. They they never have you actually yeah, had lice? Still there. Yeah, I did. When I was like uh, eight years old I, or something like that, so I, I had bad. lice. And my mom had to like shave my head and I was devastated. Which is because I've had long hair for, for a good Porsche, good majority of my life. Mm. Um, so I'm so, like, I don't know. I don't, maybe they don't like long hair. We used to get lice in my school all the time. It was just ratchet, you know? No. <laughs> it was a ratchet school, dude. We had lice everywhere. Yeah, I don't know. I guess I had a, uh, I guess I had a pretty good uh, pretty good school system. <laughs> yeah, I don't really remember lice being like an issue, but I was also like in a very small school. Like we... Bobby no, had like, like 20 own. kids in his school or whatever. See, the pr- no, no, no. Well, I, when I was a kid, I actually grew up in, in my public school in my town. Oh, so there was oh, a lot oh. of people. But, I, you know, it's similar to Brent. I was, uh, they took me and they put me in a room with everybody else. And I gave lice to all the kids to get it over with. <laughs> That's not realized, how lice works. <laughs> and, then what? Realized, and then they realized that's not how lice works. And so everybody got lice. And then that, that's, I'm just kidding. Yeah. Yeah, I was gonna say that that, that better be a scamp. Like that's it's real. An like, April what? Fool's joke. April scamp. April Fool's. April scamps bring May. Speaking of foolishness, um, incomplete vaccination <laughs> coverage increases the risk of disease for the entire population, including those who have been vaccinated because of reduced he- herd immunity. For example, the measles vaccine is given to children between ages nine and twelve months, um, and the short window between. The disappearance of maternal antibodies and natural infection means that vaccinated children are frequently still vulnerable. So, basically, what this means is that, you know, there's like this like short window between, you know, when the natural antibodies that, you know, you inherit through, you know, your mother, you know, usually through like breastfeeding or whatever, and when you get the measles shot... You're, there's this like period where like you're really still very vulnerable even after you get the shot because it takes a while to build up that immunity after you get the shot. So even children who are vaccinated against measles, if exposed to a population that is unvaccinated and potentially could ca- carry the measles virus, they are also still uh, susceptible to um, catching the measles virus. So that's why it's really important that everyone gets it because it really severely suppresses the ability for that disease to move on if everyone's vaccinated. But if all you have like half the people in like a community deciding like, well, it's my choice. So I, I hear these MMR vaccines are pretty dangerous autism as we're going to talk about in a bit. Um, you know, then that makes the community exponentially less safe. Even if the half that is vaccinated you know, even that half that is vaccinated is exponentially less safe based on the fact that you have the other half that isn't and could be carrying that disease and spreading it to people whose immune systems have not been bolstered enough yet by the vaccine to actually fight it off. So it's one of those and things there's always, that works and better no vac- in numbers. Yeah, and also no vaccine is like 100% batting average, you know, batting a thousand or whatever. So even if you get the vaccine, there is still that like that 
percentage chance that you could still get it, even yeah. if you've been vaccinated. No, not so, the ones that I get. I get the vaccines that are 100%. Batting 1,000. Yeah, 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 just yeah, clutch. Yeah. Clutch. Batting cleanup every time. Just I got, grand yeah, slam yeah. I got my time. vaccines are closers. Listen. So, <laughs> yeah. I have a question. I don't know if you can answer yeah. the sprint, but... So, I know that one of the reasons people like to get vaccines, and I'm sure we'll talk about it a lot more, is... Uh, not for your own safety, but so that you don't spread diseases to other people. So Absolutely. Is yep. one of the is is the reason that when you get a vaccine you don't spread it because your body is not incubating that that virus for weeks and you're not getting sick, so you're not spewing it to other people. Um because won't if you get a virus and you have a vaccine, mm-hmm. do you not still carry the virus and can you not still be contagious? That's tricky. I I can't. I I'm gonna be honest. I can't really speak to that. It depends on the virus certainty, because yeah, some you, prevent you, the spread. But whereas like the COVID one, I know they were like it tech. They it, it, they're they're saying it doesn't prevent the spread just because there's not enough data right now. Slash sure, it might not because all it does is l- lets your body fight it off. Right, right, but so but like, you don't get sick. You still have to fight it off, though. So like, right. it, it depends with, on if it can spread during that period, I guess. Yeah, and then also with COVID, you know, since from what we understand about it at this point is that it largely spreads airborne through droplets from you know, you know, coughing and sneezing and talking and so that. So you sort could of just stuff. have it like in your nose. So and- if it is, you know, in you know, obviously, if you get the vaccine and you're, you know, less likely to become symptomatic if you do get it um seems to be the case um so you're less likely to be sneezing and coughing into the air and spreading it that way but that doesn't necessarily mean that you know whatever particular droplets that are coming out of your mouth from other reasons just from talking existing breathing doesn't mean that you could you know not spread it that way you know um but again like i, I gotta be honest bobby i can't speak with 100 percent certainty on that so i don't want to um i, yeah, no, I would say sense. I would say that um that it that it largely makes you less likely to spread. Now, depending on va- every vaccine's a little bit different, you know, some are what we would call prophylactic, meaning, you know, to like prevent you from getting it in the first place. So basically, it enters your system and your immune system's already like prepared for that disease and it keeps you from developing that disease, but um you know like when you become contagious with certain types of illnesses varies you know it depends on like what stage in the incubation of that particular disease is the case like in the case of say like the flu the reason why you get the flu shot or should get the flu shot every year is because it um, makes you less likely to spread it because you're less likely to get it because your immune system has been bolstered to keep you from getting to the point where you're at that incubation level where you could spread it right so when a lot of people like because this is the sort of thing you see that's sort of like a low-key anti-vax thing that people probably don't think is anti-vax. But yeah, I'm sure you know people like this who are like, oh, well, I don't get the flu, so I don't get yeah. the flu shot. Mm-hmm. You know, that sort of thing. And But the truth is, you don't necessarily get the flu shot because you get the flu. Like, even if you're like a healthy person who like doesn't get sick or whatever, yeah. you could still get it. It could incubate enough in your system where it's contagious and spreadable, mm-hmm. and you can spread it to other people around you. So that's why it's important to get your flu shot every year. Even if you're not a person who quote unquote gets the flu, bro, I don't you can get still the get flu. it into your system to the point where you're <laughs> contagious and can spread it to other people. Um, and by getting it, it helps suppress that and keeps you from 
you know, getting to the point where you could spread it. Now, obviously, again, none of it's like 100% perfect, but, you know, the more people get it, the less likely it is to spread, so on and so forth. Right. Now, here's something I found kind of interesting in my research. You know, this the sort of anti-vax thing kind of really came onto my radar, you know, in the 90s, the early 2000s. You know, I, I my early memories of it are like Jenny McCarthy, like on talk shows talking about like, how her kid got a vaccine and then got autism or whatever yeah. and that's like, that's kind of like that that's kind of like where like i heard about it but as it turns out anti-vaccine anti-vaxxing and anti-vaxxers have existed since the invention of vaccines mm-hmm. so of i'm gonna try to quickly blow through some history here of anti-vaccination all right so history of anti-vax so let's let's kind of just go through this real quick because it wouldn't be a Brent episode unless I went on a long-winded explanation of the history of the thing we're talking about. Yeah. So let's talk about sort of what came even before vaccines, which is something called variolation. So variolation was um, the early attempts to prevent smallpox, which um, involved deliberate inoculation with the milder form of the disease, which was called variola minor in the expectation that a mild case would confer immunity and avoid variola major, or also known as smallpox. So, although variolation had a long history in China and India, it was first used in North America and England in 1721. So, naturally, white people late to the party. Didn't didn't they put, like, scabs up people's noses? I did not read anything about scabs up noses per se. I think I watched. I think you're just um, thinking of me when I'm. No, born. no, no. I watched a children's show where they went back in time and they watched people get. Vaccinated. You might be thinking. You might be thinking of the original smallpox vaccine, which we will talk about in a second. Oh, okay. So, um, Reverend Cotton Mather introduced variolation to Boston, Massachusetts, during the 1721 smallpox epidemic. Oh. So, hey, that's where we live, hometown. So, so, this was sort of like you know the sort of precursor to vaccines, which was pretty much in this one specific case of smallpox because it has two different strains of it like the the minor version which was really called variola minor and so they'd like purposely infect people with that one so that their immune systems would be stronger when it would come to smallpox and i guess it did have some amount of success um not say as much as you know vaccinations which would come a little bit later but um it did have some amount of success in bolstering immunity that being said of course at the time when uh we started doing this there is pushback against it specifically in this case uh, it was a uh, religious arguments against variolation of uh, variolation that came for example in a 1722 sermon entitled the dangerous and sinful practice of inoculation the english theologian reverend edmund massey argued that diseases are sent by god to punish sin and that any attempt to prevent smallpox via variolation is a diabolical operation that's so, so th- funny. So basically the idea being that like all disease is God's way of punishing us for being shitty sinners. So you trying to stop the the, the punishment of disease is the devil's work. And it sounds kind of like is, genetic in the manipulation, you know. It's like we're playing God, baby. Don't yeah, play God. I mean the truth and the truth is like this sentiment has not like really entirely left. Like there's definitely still this element to some anti-vax uh, sentiment, which is 
or sort of like fundamentalist religious aspect um so i thought that was interesting to see that like as soon as someone like tried to do something there was sort of like a religious pushback to of it of course there was um, because y- y- i mean you can find religious pushback in like pretty much all vaccine now that obviously is not to say like all religions push back against vaccines that's not the case but there's definitely like an element of that um mm-hmm. that exists within a lot of anti-vax sentiment um but now let's talk about the smallpox vaccine which actually came out about uh you know let's see 70 years later it's in uh, 1798 um a man by the name of edward jenner introduced the smallpox vaccine uh in 19 or 1798 uh he discovered this when he noticed uh that um the infection uh I'm sorry. What did I write? He discovered <laughs> when he no he discovered this when he noticed infection with the relatively mild cowpox virus conferred immunity against the deadly smallpox virus. So basically, what happened was he noticed that like on his farm that like these milkmaids for some reason just like weren't getting smallpox, and he's like, "Huh, that's weird." And he started kind of like going looking around he's like yeah all these milkmaids or whatever who are around these cows all the time just don't seem to get smallpox for some reason he was like huh that's kind of weird like why would that be the case and so he started to study the cows he noticed a lot of these cows had something called cowpox which is this sort of kind of my old sort of skin disease or whatever that the cows can get well it turned out he he came to find that he like took like basically it's gross but he took like pus from the sores on the cows and sort of like put it and like uh put it with the smallpox virus and saw that it acted as a natural vaccine against the smallpox virus it like basically killed it so that's basically how he discovered the first vaccine was by basically by injecting the mild cowpox virus into people to prevent smallpox and it was actually really effective interesting Imagine being the guy to discover that. Like, uh, talk about trust. Hey, let me inject this cow. Yeah, pe- people were stuff. pissed because he like injected like his family members with it. Like, this man's a monster. Yeah. So was it? Uh, was the injection uh, like the cow pus itself? Ah, uh, that's a great question. I don't actually. I don't. I don't think so. I think they like isolated the virus and then. You know, like most vaccines are like, you know, like either the virus itself, like a weakened or killed version of it, along with some other compounds to allow yeah. you to inject it, you know, Absorb different it. chemicals and stuff. Yeah, exactly. Um, so I don't I don't actually know the specifics of the makeup of this original smallpox virus because the smallpox, it, this was the first one. And then later on, they kind of developed one that didn't use the cowpox virus. Yeah. And that one was kind of like the one that was used through the existence of smallpox but um so but again we're here to talk about the anti-vax position against this so uh, naturally of course as soon as like this vaccine came around there was opposition to it so um the main opposition came from variolators so i remember how we talked about variolation before so over the uh, sort of 70 years in between when this vaccine first came around and variolation was first kind of like I want to say discovered, but, you know, introduced into, you know, like the Western world. Because, again, like I said, it existed in China and India before that. But we don't, that doesn't count. That's not real history. (laughs) Am I I right, boys? (laughs) Um, (laughs) But 
but uh, and, but seriously, yeah. So um, so these variolators, as they were called, which honestly that's not, that's like a good name for a band, you know. I feel like the variolators. Variolators. Or regulators. We're kind of a it. we're kind of a new wave synth. Uh, <laughs> yeah, it's, it's a vapor vaporwave vaporwave vibes. Variolators. You know. Yeah, we use some of that. Sample that. Yeah, play so, it backwards. Yeah, so these variolators had. Okay. So these variolators managed to uh, make themselves into a, quite a lucrative monopoly over the course of these seventy years, like inoculating people against smallpox using their variolation. So naturally, there was a ton of pushback there. Um, this guy William Rowley published illustrations of deformities allegedly produced by the vaccine, um, which turned out were again not true. It was just complete misinformation, but it was enough to scare people off. But propaganda. One thing. Now, one thing, though, that did happen, this is something that did happen, so I feel like a lot of, like, the modern sort of anti-vax sentiment comes from this particular event. Um, During this time, while modern medicine was still in its infancy, some vaccines did become contaminated, causing some cases of things like tuberculosis, tetanus, and syphilis. Now, that being said, only 750 reported cases came about in out of a hundred million vaccines of these things but it was enough for it to kind of become like sensationalized news for people to be like people are getting tb and syphilis from getting vaccines and yeah. it kind of like snowballed from there even though like the actual percentage of people this happened to was very very small yeah and this was like over a course of like a hundred year period pretty much where this happened like these yeah. like isolated cases from contamination because people didn't understand that like oh we can get germs of other diseases on shit if they're not properly handled you know this is like early days of medicine here we're talking the 17 late 1700s to like late 1800s so like we're not talking modern medicine meant like wiping down the desk with a rag you know right you you know so like they're they're but this was enough to sort of create this sort of like anti-vax sentiment like the first anti-vax sentiment where like actual like associations were like built off of this so after this happened in 1879 um this man uh william tebb who was like one of the first sort of like self-proclaimed anti-vaccinationists as they called themselves at the time formed um this society called the anti-vaccination society of america and then from there the new england anti-compulsatory vaccination league was formed in 1882 and the anti-vaccination league of new york city was formed in 1885 so like all these sort of like big sort of like anti-vaccination groups were formed as a result of these you know contaminations that happened which again affected a very very small number of people but was enough to sort of create a huge backlash to the idea of vaccines altogether and these groups kind of like banded together to sort of like fight these legal battles because at the time like the states were trying to basically make um vaccines required during like smallpox outbreaks you know, like, if there's an outbreak, everyone has to get vaccinated. And these groups were fighting back to try to prevent that from happening. Now, in the, uh, 1905, uh, the Supreme Court ruled in case of Jacobson versus Massachusetts that they sided in favor of the state, saying that they could require people to get those vaccines. But they were butthurt about it ever since then. And, like, the anti-vax sentiment continued from there on. Um, good on so, the state of massachusetts good on the state of massachusetts for holding their ground but it continues on in 1974 a study was published 
in the archives of disease and children um and it reported that 36 children vaccinated with the uh diphtheria pertussis and tetanus vaccine otherwise known as dtap vaccine over 11 years developed neurological complications in the first 24 hours of receiving the shot as a result there was a huge backlash for people taking uh, vaccines here in the 70s that resulted in major outbreaks of what's known as whooping cough if you've ever seen that like on a medical document you've ever fill out you're like what's whooping cough well if that's um the one pertussis which was a disease that was like largely preventable and didn't really exist anymore because of vaccines but like people as backlash to it because of this study um caused like three major outbreaks worldwide and it was later found that uh, the british researchers didn't see the children for months or even years after penning the research so they actually didn't know whether or not these people developed you know neurological complications within 24 hours of receiving the shot they just like said that that happened even though they hadn't actually seen any of the people supposedly affected by it which is a common theme that we're going to see in a lot of anti-vax sort of like theorizing there's a lot of like fudging of data to like make it fit mm. the arguments mm. yeah but surprising yeah, mm. before ha. so that's kind of my my brief mm. history of anti-vax before sort of our modern version of it mm. but before we kind of get to sort of like the roots of modern anti-vax sentiment i want to go over why anti-vax yeah why, why do people like why do people believe that vaccines are bad and dangerous and so i'm going to walk through a couple of them and then also walk through why it's debunked or not true we just did when anti-vax now we're so on now why why anti-vax. why anti-vax so why do people believe <laughs> anti-vax so one so here are some of the very common arguments you're going to hear in favor of anti-vaccination or vaccine hesitancy or all all these different versions of anti-vax so forgive me if i'm labeling everything as anti-vax it just that's what we're going to go with for this episode but you know there there are variations to levels of anti-vax quote unquote so one of the one of the more common things you're going to hear from people who have these sort of sentiments is that vaccines contain dangerous chemicals they have things like aluminum or mercury in them and these are things you don't want to consume so that means the vaccines are bad for you because they have some of these different elements in them right which so, are harmful in large quantities and some occasions. Sure. And well, I, th- I think that's where we're going to find sort of like the myth here is that I think a lot of people when they hear, you know, like, oh, something has mercury in it or it has aluminum in it. Your natural thought is, well, that's bad. Those things are bad. You don't want to consume those things. But you kind of hit you kind of tapped into it there, Bobby. The the issue is not necessarily those things as much as it is the dose of those things. The quantity. Anything anything can be deadly if you have too much of it, right? So you could drink enough water to the point where you your cells like explode from the amount of wa- water entering them. Water so poisoning. Awesome. Yes, yeah, so awesome, dude. What a way to go. Just water drink so much water your cells explode. Water poisoning and drowning. Same thing, dude. So, I mean, yeah, so a lot of things can be dangerous in high doses. So, it's while it is true that, you know, a lot of vaccines do say have, let's take, for example, aluminum. A lot of vaccines do have aluminum in it. 
Now, the amount of aluminum that's found in the average dosage of, say, like your MMR vaccine, which is your measles, mumps, um, and the third one, which I don't remember off the top of my head, which <laughs> we'll talk about that one a little bit later. But um, and at that point, I remember because I all have it in front of me in my notes. <laughs> but um, that, that particular vaccine has a dosage of 0.125 milligrams of aluminum in it. Now, you might think to yourself, oh, well. It's got aluminum in it. That's bad. Mm-hmm. You don't want that in you. Yeah, of course. I don't want tin foil in my belly. No, I probably had more aluminum than that. But <laughs> so, but here's the thing, right? What you may not realize is that the average person consumes between 30 to 50 milligrams of aluminum every Knew single it. day through Knew food it. and drink. Mm. So not only does the vaccine contain a significantly less amount of aluminum in it in a single dosage, but you are literally just every single day just eating regular food drinking regular drink taking in more aluminum on that on the daily so you know why because these crazy conspiros can say it's this and that that we can afford to avoid if they started freaking out about the food and the water they'd all die so they can't right (laughs) right right Uh, and then you got like the issue of like mercury so again like yeah mercury and large portions is not good for you it's i don't bad. want you to buy fluorescent latch because of the so, mercury poisoning so when you yeah so when you hear that there's you know a mercury compound in some vaccines that's scary i don't want mercury in my blood but as it turns out that mercury compound um from certain vaccines which was used to basically prevent basically like bacteria from forming in the vaccine make, making it last longer meaning you know less dosages that had to be thrown away. Um, that compound was removed from all vaccines in 2001 because of anti-vax sentiment, even though all scientific research on that particular compound in vaccines has shown zero sign of any harmful effect. So all vaccines that you see, you see now don't even have this compound in it anymore, but People still cite, like, there's mercury in vaccines as a reason to not get a vaccine. Listen, there's mercury in that vaccine there. (sighs) Yep, 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 yep. So here's another one that you're going to hear a lot from the uh, anti-vax vaccine hesitancy crowd, which is that vaccines cause allergies. Mm -hmm. So you're going to hear a lot of people say that, like, you know, peanut allergies weren't a thing. And then all of a sudden we had all these vaccine campaigns and now all these kids have peanut allergies. And that wasn't a thing before. Well, um, a study of uh, 2,100 kids between ages 5 and 6 in 1997 found that vaccines actually decreased the likelihood of developing allergies in general, not just to like peanuts and the like. They just found that like kids who were vaccinated were significantly less likely to develop different allergies compared to those who weren't uh, vaccinated. So this is just generally not true at all and again like i'm gonna have you know articles and stuff if you want to read i'm not gonna like spend a ton of time in that because this podcast could be like five hours long if i did that so please 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 if you like don't want to take my word for it which i understand i'm a dude sitting in my bedroom with a blanket hung over my canopy bed with a little usb microphone i don't know Brent, read... that's that's usually all it takes for people yeah, yeah that's true all i need is like american flag behind me right now yeah. to be live streaming this on facebook and i that all that's all i need baby i'm a doctor and yeah i disagree with this listen imagine how upset you'd be if you were choking at a dinner table and someone had introduced themselves as a doctor and they were a doctor <laughs> of medicine dude oh no 
or a chiropractic doctor. Terrible. We'll talk about them in a bit. We'll talk Terrible. about them in a bit. Um, so here's another one that you hear a lot, There's which is fa- quo. <laughs> yeah. Hey, listen, facts don't care about your vaccines. <laughs> uh, <laughs> um, so facts don't care about your feelings. Yeah, yeah, I, yeah, probably, probably, but I don't know. I, I try knows? not. I try to know as little about Ben Shapiro as humanly possible. That's probably good. But um, so this next thing you're gonna hear a lot from the anti-vax crowd is something known as vaccine overload. I mentioned mm-hmm. it earlier. It's it's a thing in the vaccine, the anti-vax community. Vaccine overload, a non-medical term, is the notion that oh. giving many vaccines at once may overwhelm or weaken. A child's immune or immature immune system and lead to adverse effects. Despite evidence that strongly contradicts this idea, there are still parents of autistic children that believe that vaccine overload causes autism. Now, we will talk about the autism thing in length in a bit, so don't worry, we will get there. Um, but I'm gonna kind of breeze past by, by that part for now. The results, the resulting controversy has caused many parents to delay or avoid immunizing, I cannot say that word for some reason, their children. Such parental misconceptions are major obstacles towards immunization of children. The concept of vaccine overload is flawed on several levels. So let's go into a little more detail here. Despite the increase in the number of vaccines over recent decades, improvements in vaccine design have reduced the immunological load from vaccines the total number of immunological components in the 14 vaccines administered to u.s children in 2009 is less than 10 percent of what was in the seven vaccines given in 1980 so even though there are more vaccines it's like way more efficient now to the point where it's like 10 percent that of like what was being given in the 1980. Nah, but it's, seven more, it's still more different vaccines. <laughs> well, what just happened, <laughs> it's Jack? It's more different vaccines. <laughs> Did you I, shock uh, more yourself? Different? What? Did you yeah. shock yourself? No, no, no. I hit my I hit my finger on my uh, <laughs> oh, on, no. uh, on the on a pair of pliers I was playing with. <laughs> oh, <laughs> oh, you hate to see it. No. You, to see it. <laughs> you're, you're just like, yeah, the anti <laughs> <laughs> Oh my god, what just yeah. happened? I'm fine though. Jack just got so, vaccinated on air by himself. Yeah, he I just was, got tetanus on air. We're going to have to give him a tetanus shot. Yeah, dude, <laughs> yeah. he got that. I just got my ne- my uh, more recent tetanus shot. Oh, exciting. It's crazy how you have to have like them every few years. Yeah. It's every few years, it's like every like decade or something. Yeah, every 10 years or something. Got to keep that immunity yeah. up, baby. Got to keep it up. Yeah. You don't want to get lockjaw. Um, so... So vaccines pose a very small immunological load compared to the pathogens naturally encountered by children in a typical year. Common childhood conditions such as fevers and mild ear infections pose a much greater challenge to the immune system than vaccines. And a study and studies have shown that vaccine vaccinations, even multiple concurrent vaccinations do not weaken the immune system or compromise overall immunity. Again, sources to this in the brain bloggled. The lack of evidence supporting the vaccine overload hypothesis, combined with these findings directly con- contradicting it, has led to the conclusion that currently recommended vaccine programs do not, quote-unquote, overload or weaken the immune system. So this is just not true. There is no science to back it it's up. It's just any- nonsense. It's just mm. rubbish. Plain rubbish. <laughs> so here's another one you're going to hear a lot. rubbish. 
Here's another one. This is a sad one, but this is one you're going to hear a lot too from anti-vax community is sudden infant death syndrome or SIDS. It's a lot a lot of anti-vax uh, people will attribute SIDS to, you know, vaccines at a young age. So SIDS is the most common in infant. Uh, SIDS is most common in infants around the time in life in which they receive vaccinations. Hence a lot of sort of like theorizing that vaccines have something to do with SIDS. They're like there's a very clear correlation. Yeah. Or at least at least they see it as a correlation. That's it, that, yeah, that's what it seems yeah. like. Okay. Since the cause of SIDS has not been fully determined, this leads this ha- this has led to concerns about whether vaccines, in particular the diphtheria, tetanus, toxoid vaccines, if they were if there were a possible causal factor in SIDS. Yeah, that's now, what it is. They are, it is, it, they are uh, correlated, but... Right. They're not causation. Yeah, correlation yeah. Correlation does and not causation. causation. Yeah, There's a we've website, talked about that a few times. Yeah, yeah, I think we've talked about the website where you can go and see, uh, like, random statistics that are correlated that just yeah. have nothing to do with each other. <laughs> right. Yeah, like yeah, you could say, like animals wake up in the morning, and also plants like sunlight. But like those thing, those two things are not causing each other. Yeah, you know, yeah, it's like yeah, they yeah, just yeah. both like the sun because that the sun is right. the cause. You yeah, know? I, I mean, don't know. as you've, I think as you've seen, if you've listened to any amount of this podcast, you know, with you know QAnon or anything like that, it's sort of like wanting to like draw lines between things that just be that. Just because you can't. Well, there ain't mean, no lines there. Right. It's like, oh well, you know, we we can draw this line, so that means it must be true. And it's like, well, no. Like the you need more proof than Listen, that. Listen, you can't just draw the line there. Yeah. You gotta yeah, yeah, prove yeah, the you, fact. Yeah, so several See, studies it there you go. Yeah, now a, now uh, you got a nice southern scientist here. Southern yeah. scientist. You got Matthew McConaughey as a scientist in this movie. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> flat, <laughs> time, flat, flat circle. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, several studies investigating this have found no evidence supporting a causal link between vaccinations and SIDS. Again, sources in the brain boggled. In 2003, the Institute of Medicine favored rejection of causal link between the DTWP vaccination and SIDS after reviewing the available evidence. Additional analyses of of VARS data, I don't actually know what VARS stands for. <laughs> um, <laughs> probably should have uh, I think VARS put a is a per- You know what? From, if you want to know um, what VARS stands for, is it a your character own from in Interstellar? It means Star Vaccine Trek? Adverse Events Reporting System. Boo. Uh, Who cares? So yeah, boo, lame. Snooze Additional fast. analyses of the vaccine. Um, uh, I already forgot what it said. It's the vaccine <laughs> adverse event reporting system data also showed no relationship between vaccination and SIDS. In fact, evidence is mounting that vaccination may protect against SIDS. Now oh. that's not to say that that is like defined, definite, but um, yeah, <laughs> it's just the research um, is starting. That was to, to before. That wasn't to yeah. right now. Yeah, that was to um. Yeah, <laughs> I, sent the a, I sent a falling asleep gift, but that yeah, was yeah. Chandler oh, Bing God. falling asleep at the desk. So um, <laughs> and then of course we got you know vaccines and the deep state. I mean, I, I, how can I not talk about that for just yeah. a sec? I mean, Listen, obviously uh, the globalists. Uh, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that's the most trying to turn the freaking frogs gay. <laughs> um, 
So yeah, I mean, go listen to my. Uh, I think it was QAnon. Where are they now? I think part two, we where we talked about how anti-vax and QAnon meet. Um, I think I went into way more detail there. But yeah, there's a there's a contingency, a more fringe contingency, although a growing fringe con- contingency with QAnon and stuff that believe that vaccines are a way to you know, you know, I, from. from Ranging from as far as, you know, to implant microchips to track your movements to, you know, do forced sterilizations to, I don't know, like a whole... Anything, anything you could think to be injected. Like like controlling hormones, you know, like anything, anything. So many different things. So, yeah, go listen to that episode if you want to hear more about that. Yeah, but I did want to at least mention it because there is exactly yeah. Who wants that? Oh God. Um. So go listen to that episode because I like really go in depth into that. Um. The vax anti vaccine the deep state connection. Um. Not going to do that in this one because this episode's already an hour and twenty minutes and there's listen, more. Listen, he's not way doing more to it. go, baby. Yeah, there's still a lot. Dude, to get you guys here. were gone for like two minutes. We got some extra minutes on the clock. Yeah, yeah. Okay, yeah. so we're only at an hour and eighteen minutes in. Yeah, okay, that's yeah, nothing, yeah, baby. I only have like ten more pages to go. So, <laughs> let's talk about anti-vax meeting celebrity. So always. So the thing with anti-vax that's made it so much more, I think, prevalent now, or even more accepted now is sort of the introduction of anti-vax and sort of mainstream media and mainstream attention and having platforms to talk about it beyond just everyone's like got a platform now these days <laughs> but, everyone yeah, has but, a podcast and, but i mean honestly it started in the uh in in the 90s really um sort of like the the beginning of like influencer culture to some extent with like sort of date like talk shows and stuff where yeah. they'd bring uh, people on so uh, the anti-vaccine movement of the early 90s was fueled in part by an onslaught of syndicated TV talk shows like the Sari, the Sally Jesse Raphael show and the Mark oh. Hovis show that occasionally provided celebrity anti-vaxxers a platform to explore, express their views. Unlike anti-vaxxers of the past, these shows allowed the vaccine opponents the means to reach millions of people. So this is like a big change, a big shift in like the 90s into today which is that you know you would have people coming onto these talk shows a lot of them like well-known actors and a- actresses kind of talking about sort of like anti-vax views and anti-vax adjacent sort of things like hesitancy or distrust or you know the idea that you know vaccines cause autism and stuff like a lot of these views were allowed to be expressed on these sort of talk shows and allowed that sort of idea to get out in a more mainstream way like never before you know because before it was mostly confined to like the news or whatever you know like you might there might be like an isolated part of the world that reads an article that's like this one study found that like 36 kids had like a bad reaction to a vaccine and people freak out you know in that area and even those smaller instances cause like serious like health implications like the one i talked about from the 70s where like there were like outbreaks of whooping cough in like three different places in Europe after like a study was published that said that like 36 kids, you know, had like some bad reaction to it. And then it turned out like the data was like not even like accurate or whatever. So like these things have like serious consequences when they happen. And that was in like a small case where like just places that had this like newspaper could find out about it, you know. Now you have like famous Internet. people on like <laughs> 
Sarah, Sarah, Sally Jesse Raphael's show, like talking about, you know, how, you know, I, I had some examples written down, but I took them out for time. But uh, like there were like some examples of, say, um, I believe there was like one actress who was like on the Bill Cosby show who was talking about how, you know, vaccines cause SIDS. And there was like this one well-known like Olympic athlete who was like, um, I believe, deaf, who said like a certain vaccine caused the deafness. And even though like it was later proven that like that was not the case at all. Um, Michael like, Phelps. Yes, Michael Phelps. That, that's who it was, right? right. <laughs> and it was like it was in the early '90s. Michael Phelps. That's right. That's right. That's right. Yeah. Um, but yeah. So like th- these sort of things kind of like allowed this sort of i this idea to become way more mainstream. And that's gonna bring us to the man of the hour, the man who's taken up eight pages of my notes, a, a, a little guy by the name of Andrew Wakefield. Andrew. Oh, Andrew Wakefield. That, if there's any name Five to remember from all this, pod left. Yes, I better blow through this real quick. Just kidding. This is going to be the longest episode we've ever done, probably. Yep. <laughs> no, Andrew Wakefield is kind of the godfather of modern anti-vax. So what, what, let's just dive right in. So he was a former, a British former physician. Um, though at the time of his study that we're going to talk about, he was still a physician when it was published. Um, he made the claim that the measles, mumps, and rubella, otherwise known as MMR vaccine that I mentioned earlier, mm-hmm. but I couldn't remember the R's, rubella. I don't know what that causes, but... Ricola. So well, measles, we don't have time. Uh, yeah, yes. sorry. <laughs> yes, no time for scamps. This is all information dump. So Info he dump. made the claim that the measles, mumps, uh, rubella vaccine predisposed children to neurological conditions such as as autism so this is where are. the idea that vaccines cause autism comes from uh. so on uh february 28th of 1998 wakefield was the lead author of a study of 12 children with autism that was published in the lancet the study proposed a new syndrome called autistic enterocolitis and raised the possibility of a link between a new form of bowel disease autism and the MMR vaccine. The authors said that the parents of eight of the 12 children linked what were described as behavioral symptoms, quote unquote, with MMR, and reported that the onset of these symptoms began within two weeks of the MMR vaccine. Now, these possible triggers were reported as MMR in eight cases and measles infection in one. So, um, the paper was instantly controversial, leading to widespread publicity in the UK and the convening of a special panel of the UK's Medical Research Council, or the MRC, the following month. So, this caused like a big, a big old hubbubaloo in the UK as a result of this guy's uh, study. So people were going crazy. My notes just went crazy as well and just jumped like 12 pages. And now I'm trying to get back to where I was. So you're really not that great of a Google doctor then. Yeah. Well, I'm not great of a, a smartphone user because I clicked too far down on my phone and it just like jumped way ahead. <laughs> so, so for years following this study, people believed that there was some actual link between autism and this particular vaccine, the MMR vaccine. And so he proposed that 
basically they should, until further study could be done, they should go back to doing three individual vaccines for measles, mumps, and rubella instead of the three-in-one MMR vaccine. Now, one 2005 study in Japan found that there was no causal relationship between the MMR vaccine and autism in groups of children given the triple MMR vaccine and children who received individual uh, measles, mumps, and rubella vaccination. So they couldn't, this 2005 Japanese study couldn't find any causal relationship between that vaccine or doing individual vaccines. Now, although the paper said that no causal connection had been proven before it was published, Wakefield made statements at a press conference and in a video news conference issued by the hospital calling for the suspension of the triple MMR vaccine until more research could be done. According to the BBC, it was this press conference rather than the paper in The Lancet that fueled the MMR vaccine scare that followed. The BBC report said he told journalists, quote, it was a moral issue and he, he could no longer support the continued use of the three-in-one jab for measles, mumps, and rubella. Urgent further research is needed to determine whether MMR may give rise to this complication in a small number of people, which is what Wakefield said at this time when his study came out. He also went on to say, if you give three viruses together, three live viruses, then you potentially increase the risk of an adverse event occurring, particularly when one of those viruses influences the immune system in a way that measles does. So this is sort of like kind of echoing this idea of, you know, uh, vaccine overload or whatever. So he's kind of saying this stuff even back then, you know, as, you know, a doctor who's supposed to be researching this stuff, he's like echoing this idea of vaccine overload as a result of his study. Now, he suggested parents should opt for single vaccinations for these things. He did like a, a bunch of interviews and stuff following up. Like, like he did a 60 Minutes interview in uh, November of 2000, which kind of brought this whole idea of autism and vaccines being linked to the United States. Because before that, it was kind of contained to the UK and Europe. So he like came over. He basically went on this big PR campaign going all around the world talking about how, you know, these things are connected, which um, caused kind of like an uproar in the U.S. So that's when you started, that's when I first started hearing about it because of, you know, Jenny McCarthy became sort of like a big spokesperson for this after he had this 60 Minutes interview. So um, now in December 2001, Wakefield resigned from the free, uh, the Royal Free Hospital where the study was done saying, I have been asked to go because my research results are unpopular. So that's what he said. Uh, the medical school said that he had left, quote, by mutual agreement. So where the truth is there, my guess is that um, they said, um, if you leave quietly, we'll say it was a mutual agreement. But um, <laughs> right. of course, um, how many times uh, have we heard that one? Yeah. So the medical, so um, in 2000, uh, February of 2002, Wakefield stated, Quote, what precipitated this crisis was the removal of the single vaccine, the removal of choice, and that is what was caused, that, that is what has caused the furor, because doctors, the gurus, are treating the public as though they are some kind of moronic mass who cannot make an informed decision for themselves. Mm. So, some really spicy takes coming out of this guy. Yeah. Now... 
Fast forward to February of 2009, the Sunday Times, uh, this guy Brian Deere from the Sunday Times reported that a further investigation by the newspaper had revealed that Wakefield, quote, changed and misreported results in his research, creating the appearance of a possible link with autism, citing evidence obtained by the newspaper from medical records and interviews with witnesses and supported by evidence presented by the General Medical Council, or GMC. In April of 2010, Deere expanded on laboratory aspects of his findings in in a report in the... um, the BMJ, which is... I didn't write it down. The Bobby Moronic. Probably the something medical journal. Yeah, the British uh, Medical Journal. The British nice Medical Journal. Jack. Thank you. So, I'm going to retake that. In April 2010, Deere expanded on laboratory aspects of his findings in a report in the British Medical Journal recounting how normal clinical histiopathological or path- pathology results obtained from the Royal Free Hospital, had been subjected to wholesale changes from normal to abnormal in the medical school and published in the Lancet. So not only was... It wasn't just like they kind of like presented the information in a way that made it seem abnormal. They literally changed the data entirely to (laughs) make it abnormal as opposed to normal. That's awesome. Now, moving on to uh, January 2nd of 2011, uh, Brian Deere provided two tables comparing the data on the 12 children showing the original hospital data and the data of the wholesale changes used in the 1998 Lancet article. And again, I'll be sharing this stuff in the brain. We'll be the article. So please go check that stuff. I really re- urge you guys to read some of that stuff. So now on January 5th of 2011, the British Medical Journal published an article by Brian Deere entitled, How the Case Against the MMR Vaccine Was Fixed. Deere said that based on ex- uh, based on examination of the medical records of the 12 children in the original study, his research had found, quote, the paper in The Lancet was a, ca- a case series of 12 ch- children, child patients. It reported a proposed new syndrome of enterocolitis and regressive autism and associated this with MMR as a apparent precipitating event. But in fact... Here is what he found. Three of nine children reported with regressive autism did not have autism diagnosed at all. Only one child clearly had regressive autism. So the report said that three of nine children reported having uh, regressive autism. As it turns out, only uh, one child actually had any report of that. Uh, despite the paper claiming that all 12 children were previously normal, five had documented pre-existing developmental concerns. So the study said that like all these children were perfectly normal, had no signs of autism before entering the study. But as it turns out, five of the 12 had already displayed what they would uh, consider pre-existing developmental concerns. So that really did fudge the, the data there. Yeah, so like wholesale, like they, when they say wholesale change numbers, I mean wholesale change numbers. Like yeah. not even just like yeah. we left out the stuff that didn't you know, favor our argument. We changed the numbers they literally to took make it an argument. Said, yeah, they just made stuff up. They made stuff up. Now there's more. Some oh, children wow. were there's there's a there's there's a there's more to this. So some children were reported to have experienced first behavioral symptoms within days of MMR, but 
the records documented these as stated some months after va- vaccination. So in their report, they said they got the vaccine and within days they were, you know, you know, displaying autism. But but that's not true. That's not true. It was months and months after being vaccinated. And a lot of these kids were already displaying, you know, pu- you know, these kids were already autism. fucked up yeah. anyway. No, yeah. that's messed up. That's messed up. No, it's all yeah. right. We, we, we've all had the the one messed up joke that we probably shouldn't have said. Yeah. <laughs> listen, they're, listen, they're just differently abled people and they're people. But um, anyway. Obviously, we're joking. Yeah, that was just that was just a joke. Well, obviously. But um, okay, so more. There's more. Boys, if you can believe it, there's still... More, dude. Wait, more? I I can't I tell if my, my headset. See, Hold I have a the, second. I oh my Atlanta. I have the time on my bottom thing here, and I can't tell if it's an hour and thirty eight minutes that we've been recording or a day and thirty eight hours. Yes, honestly, either Good are one. likely at this point. Either are likely at this point. <laughs> In nine cases, unremarkable colonic histopathology. Oh. Histopathology. It's I such like histopathology better. <laughs> histopathology. There's too many syllables, man. In nine cases, unremarkable colonic histopathology results, noting no or minimal fluctuations in inflammatory, inflammatory cell populations, were changed after a medical school, quote unquote, research review to nonspecific colitis. So basically, part of his whole paper was that, you know, this vaccine was causing like some sort of like weird almost like Crohn's disease, like colitis, which was basically making it so that the body wasn't absorbing the proper nutrients, which right. was causing the autism. That's like what his paper says. Yeah, yeah. So That's the part of that effect of it. So important part of that would be noting some sort of like, um, you know, digestive effect after- Or nutrient um, deficiency or something. Or yeah, some sort of digestive effect after having received the vaccination. But the actual data from the original- Hospital data showed no or minimal inflammation or fluctuations in inflammatory cells in the digestive system. So basically, there's no evidence of that whatsoever in the 12 children that they, you know, studied as a part of this. But they changed it to say that there was nonspecific colitis found, which is basically just saying, like, there's something going on in their guts. Yeah. But, like, there's actually no evidence. specific colitis. Yes. Yeah. Non-specific, I can live with a specific colitis. Specific colitis. Watch out, baby. Watch out. I don't. So there's, there's still more. Um, the parents of eight children. There's more. There's more. The parents of eight children were reported as blaming MMR, but eleven families made this allegation at the hospital. Uh, the exclusion of three allegations. All. uh, I'm sorry. The exclusion of three allegations. All giving times. To onset of problems in months helped to create the appearance of a 14-day temporal link. So basically, they like removed like all all the families involved here like like ended up like blaming the hospitals at some point before entering the study, but like months after the fact. Mm-hmm. And also, you know, there was more of them that did, but they excluded some of those to like the ones that like didn't like fit their data set or whatever because they were like too far out like they were just like way too far out for them to fit their you know 14 day period that they're trying to like create in this study 
And then last but not least, patients were recruited through an anti-MMR campaign and the study was commissioned and funded for planned litigation. So basically like an anti-MMR vaccine uh, group funded this study, planned it with the idea of like suing like the MMR vaccine and like specifically sought out patients who already were anti-MMR. Oh, it goes so back to the biased studies. Literally yeah. not even no, 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 no. This is not a biased study, Bob. This is <laughs> literal fraud. Yeah. This is uh, this is genuine actual fraud. Yeah. Well, this is it's like those lawyer you commercials you see when you're on when it's on like you're watching a sporting event locally and it's like, "My name is Sam Tam Ram and have you fallen at work? Well, you can call me. Dude, and I'll, <laughs> you know, that kind of guy. Yeah. That's yeah. what it was well, like. Well, it's funny Jack said fraud, because as it turns out, Andrew Wakefield's medical license was revoked following the discovery of fraud in his t- 1997 study. There it so, is. There, there it is. is. There's and the, yet, the final hammer. And, and yet, his study is still the most cited thing for, like, why vaccines and autism are linked to this day like wow. people still cite his study as like the kind of like the that's because it was just the it was magic just, bullets it was well, silenced yeah. it was silenced by the government who um yeah. doesn't want the truth getting out that's why bill yeah, gates to, wants to put microchips in you so you can erase your memory about it yeah it's and, and not only that i mean this guy is still around in 2016 uh and uh Andrew Wakefield directed an anti-vaccination propaganda film called Vaxxed from Cover Up to Catastrophe. You mean a squawkumentary? A squawkumentary, that's right. The film purports to show an appalling cover-up committed by the government agency charged with protecting the health of American citizens, the United States Center for Disease Control Prevention, otherwise known as the CDC. An alarming deception that has contributed to the skyrocketing increase of autism and potentially the most catastrophic epidemic of our lifetime, unquote. That's sort of like the byline of this little documentary here. Now, the or squawkumentary, sorry. My yeah, yeah, squawkumentary. Yeah, get it right, the, dude. The film was withdrawn from New York's 2016 Tribeca Film Festival after the festival's founder, Robert De Niro, who has a child with autism, reversed his decision to include it after backlash. Because Robert De Niro, as some of you might know, has some like kind of like anti-vax sentiments too he he said some sort of anti-vax stuff publicly a lot of celebrity anti-vaxxers which is again kind of goes back to our whole you know the kind of like liberal sort of west coast sort of mindset kind of lends itself to this stuff because of the the new mindset yeah the the goop the The goopness of it all (laughs) um wakefield called this action of removing it from tribeca censorship um Ian Lipkin, a professor of epidemiology and director of the Center of Infection and Immunity at the Columbia University School of Public Health, said, If facts had been submitted as science fiction, it would have merited attention for its storyline, character development, and dialogue. But as a documentary, it misrepresents what science knows about autism, undermines public confidence in the safety (laughs) and efficacy of vaccines, and attacks the integrity of legitimate scientists and public health officials. I I love that. They're like, look, we're not saying that the documentary is poorly made. It's a good... good, The film is fine, but it's just not correct. (laughs) It's just not a documentary. It's not preventing... Now, 
th- that kind of brings us to the ends. And then also, um, I think I had in here that he also was uh, helping with some sort of like bill that was meant to like, you know, be like against or like forced immunization or like prevents or like immunization requirements in schools or whatever. Like he's like testifying before like Congress to like speak to that, even though like he's like literally like a like you know known fraud (laughs) in known fraud fraudster yeah it's like what now there's some other links to anti-vax too that have kind of come up and again this kind of links to the west coast thing which is alternative medicine is a big proponent of anti-vax um one that i found actually kind of surprising when i was reading about it was um the the field of chiropractic care apparently is well known for its uh propensity for pushing anti-vax sentiment which is it's crazy dude it kind of is kind of painted in a new light for me as someone who has seen a chiropractor before i know i thought Um, about going to a chiropractor i we're doing an episode in in my next episode is going to be about chiropractic medicine because yeah so uh, there's a lot of stuff i'm learning about yeah, I don't want to talk too much about it because we'll talk even more about it then. But there is some weird correlations between anti-vax sentiment and uh, chiropractic care. Um, one Canadian study found that a significant increase in anti-vax sentiment um, with uh, fourth-year chiropractic students compared to first-year uh, uh, chiropractic students. So basically, they found that there is about a 30% increase from first-year students to fourth-year students in anti-vax sentiment. So... The amount of students who went in their first year, they, it didn't say how many students were anti-vax at the start, but what it says is that there was, you know, first year students, let's say 10% were anti-vax. By the end of that four-year education, 40% were anti-vax. So a 30% increase. Yeah. Now, the, I'm not saying those are the actual numbers, but that there was a 30% increase. In That's just an example. Too. Yeah, it's, it's, it's going to be very interesting um, when we start talking about chiropractors in, in a few episodes, I don't have, yeah. I don't want to like, you know, have any opinions that we like force onto people. But yeah. some of the things that I grew up thinking about were like that chiropractor, chiropractic medicine is this very scientific thing. And you mm-hmm. crack this and you move this and adjust this. And you start to kind of like realize when you really look into the origins of it and stuff, there's a lot of, uh, there's a lot more holistic to it than i thought there was yeah Um, especially when you relate it to the to the anti-vax yeah because i I guess like the original idea of chiropractic care was like the guy i don't know the guy's name i didn't write down but i guess like the idea is that they thought like when this was first created in like the 1800s or whatever that all diseases could be linked to the spine and so could be cured by realignment of the spine and so that's like its origin and so like naturally that sort of like position would go against the idea of vaccinating because it's like well no you don't vaccinate crack your back is a certain way and that will yeah take care of all these diseases step on a crack vaccinate your back yeah so yeah vaccinate your mother another interesting (laughs) thing is that the uh the american chiropractic association and the international chiropractic association support individual exemptions from compulsory vaccination laws in uh, march of 2015 the Oregon Chiropractic Association invited Andrew Wakefield, the chief author of the fraudulent research paper, to testify against the Senate Bill 442. 
So this guy is kind of like making the rounds, you know, because of these chiropractic societies that are like paying him to go and like testify and like, you know, lobby against these different uh, laws. And then now you, and then you have stuff like homeopathy, which um, I wrote down a really basic definition. I'm sorry if you're a homeopath and like this definition offends you, but this is the most basic version of homeopathy that I could find. Um, in case you don't know what it is, because I didn't really know what it was until I was reading about this. But basically, homeopathy is the belief that substance that causes symptoms of a disease in a healthy person can cure similar symptoms in a sick person. So if you have a cold and say this certain like natural thing can cause, you know, you to have a runny nose or a sore throat. If you take that thing when you have a cold, it'll cure that symptom. That's the basic, most basic gist that I can get from it. Now, I understand there's more to it than that. So bear with me because uh, this episode is not about homeopathy. I didn't want to go into it that much. That's the basic gist of it. Now, several surveys have shown some practitioners of homeopathy, particularly homeopaths without any medical training, advise patients against vaccinations. For example, a survey of registered homeopaths in Austria found that only 28% considered immunization an important preventative measure, and 83% of homeopaths surveyed in Sydney, Australia, did not recommend vaccinations at all. So there's a big link between homeopath, homeopathy, and anti-vax sentiment. Now, why? And now, again, you know, we've we've talked about all these different reasons, but if all this anti-vax stuff is just a bunch of hooey, then why does it keep coming back? Why does it exist? Why do we keep hearing about it? That is a you know, great like, question. If, if science can prove that it's all just a bunch of baloney, then why do we keep hearing about it? Well, in the most capitalist reasons that you could think of, the biggest reason that we can gather is financial motives for the, the pushing of anti-vax. So alternative medicine proponents gain from promoting vaccine conspiracy theories through the sale of ineffective and expensive ineffective and expensive medications, supplements, and procedures such as vitamins. Uh, yeah, such as like hyperbaric oxygen therapy and chelation therapy and all these other different things. It's like, well, you know, there's a lot of money in this stuff. As you like you were talking about with Whole Foods, Bobby, there's like a whole aisle of just like natural remedies and that shit you like look at like a bottle of like turmeric tabs and they're like 40 bucks or something, you know, like there's a lot of money to be made from this stuff. And as it turns out, a lot of these sort of like pushing of anti-vax sort of theories and stuff out there. And the reason why they still keep coming back, there's been a lot of links connecting it to sort of these alternative medicines or whatever, because there's a lot of money to be made in that. And 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 again, to be honest, like, that's not to say that some of the people pushing this, uh, the homeopathy stuff, like, homeopathy. aren't, whatever, homeopathy, mm-hmm. it, it's it's not like they don't believe it, you know, because I feel like there are people in the field who are, like, legitimately, like, yes, this works, I believe this works, but, so it's like, so it's not, to me, when I hear that, it's not like, their livelihoods are at stake, so they're like purposely lying. But I think there are a lot of cases that are like that for sure. Yeah. Um, yeah. But I would say it's probably like it's not most. Yeah, I would say I would say you know again 
I'm just completely talking out of turn here because again, I don't know much about homeopathy or homeopathy or whatever. Whatever. I don't even it. know how it's pronounced. I, I know I've heard the term homeopath, so I said assumed homeo homeo whatever oh. the hell I said. <laughs> but um, homeopathy. I don't even know it. It's. I mean, I'm literally just like trying to burn through these notes to the point where like I don't even know what I'm saying anymore. <laughs> but like, yeah, I could up. see people who like kind of get sucked into it as believing in it but like some of the, like the sort of bigger proponents of it i could also see the skeptical view that they're out to make money and to push these narratives and For then the, sure, people who are, the people who are manufacturing it i would say yeah mm -hmm. and so and then people buy into it and so on and so forth and then you know there's also you know some people who like argue that like oh well vaccines are big business or whatever but it, it, it turns out that like Vaccines represent about like two percent of like all pharmaceutical profits are from vaccines, so it's like actually a pretty small. Percentage. You're telling me that Dr. Fauci does not make that much money with the vaccines? <laughs> yeah, I don't know if he makes any money from the mm -hmm. vaccine personally. Um, so I'm I'm just kind of like skipping past a bunch of stuff here. I have more, you know. I'll I'll put it in the brain blog if you want to read more about some of this stuff. But it, we're approaching two hours here, so I just want to wrap it up and. Talk about just sort of like the legacy of anti-vax at this point. So as a result of sort of anti-vax, the anti-vax movement, we can directly connect it to multiple different outbreaks of diseases that have happened throughout the world. And some of which were ones that have been mostly eliminated. So in the Netherlands, um, there was a measles outbreak between 1999 to 2000 following directly after uh andrew wakefield's study came out uh, which was for the mmr vaccine remember measles mumps rubella mm -hmm. in uk and ireland there was a measles outbreak in 2000 nigeria the apolio measles and diphtheria outbreak from 2001 to now like they still have <laughs> issues with those diseases there in the united states measles from 2005 to now we still have random outbreaks in communities because of resistance to using these vaccines. Wales, measles outbreaks from 2013 to now. Uh, Romania, there's a measles epidemic there that's been going on from 2016 to present day. Not just like outbreaks, but an actual epidemic of measles in Romania that is still happening to this day, four years later, five that's years fun. later. And then uh, Samoa, there's been you know measles outbreaks since 2019. So, and then, you know, we've had, you know, you know, we just had an anti-vax president and Donald Trump, who was a, kind of a known anti-vax guy even before he became president. So, yeah, so let's compare the, that to the people who actually, uh, who you can clearly draw evidence to having autism because of vaccine. Right. And then now the argument, like I said earlier, has been kind of reframed as like freedom of choice, you know, parents' choice for their own children's health as opposed to being anti-vax. And again, like there is variation to the idea, like I mentioned, who knows, like days ago about how like some people are like, oh, well, I just don't think you should take them all at once or blah, whatever. There's like all different varieties of anti-vax. But the ongoing thing is that, you know, just this like weird fight against science even though we have all this data that shows how vitally important it is how effective they have been over the course of history 
to the point where like we've eliminated some of these like diseases that literally killed hundreds of millions of people over you know centuries and yet we just keep seeing this pushback and it's like, like science why? is becoming like a religion almost in a, in a way where people are like oh i don't believe your data you know it's like well that's the whole thing about science is that it's not a belief or an opinion it's yeah it's a it's a stat it's the statistic it's getting too late i can't keep talking yeah i know we've been going for a while i'm so sorry but yeah and it's just like i also have to wonder if like you know when you have guys like an andrew wakefield who like literally just made shit up and then reported it as a study what kind of damage that does in the long term for other people who maybe aren't anti-vax but just like now are like well now i don't trust if i see a study come out like is it even true you know it, it, yeah it, it's 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 all bad but i wanted to talk about it because you know we are living through a pandemic right now in case you didn't notice in case you're just if in case you just like you know fell down a flight of stairs and woke up in a middle of a pandemic we've been going through a pandemic for the last 12 months <laughs> and with vaccines rolling out and all that it's really important to get your vaccine. Like I'm seeing people who I know who are like, I don't think I'm going to get the vaccine because like, why I'm fine. I'm young. I'm healthy. I don't need that vaccine. It's actually really important that you get it because it like makes a difference for so many reasons. Like the more of us who are able to get vaccinated, the more herd immunity we build actual herd immunity not this whole like oh let's just not do anything and just let everyone get sick and die until it goes away herd immunity unless you're uh <laughs> 20 years old and immortal yeah like yeah we'll live forever yeah i'm 20 still so yeah i'll live yeah. forever yeah. <laughs> so yeah it's kind of what it's been on my my mind a lot recently and so i wanted to sort of talk about it and just kind of like get your vaccinations down. people get your vaccinations people they're, also they're, yeah. Get your brain boggled merge. Get your brain boggled merge. Yeah, let's That's wrap Jack's it up. That's Jack's way I'm sure... of ending the, the show. Yeah. Bro, it's been it's two like... hours! It's been two hours. Well, we need to wrap this up. I got a text from my brother that says, are you done yet? Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, yeah, we've right. been yeah, at so... it. Yeah, yeah, we've been yeah. at it for a while. It's been, it's yeah, been, it's so, been a while. Uh, yeah, so please go, go, yeah, go check out the brain boggle. That's at brainbogglepodcast.com. There's going to be so many links and stuff. If you're interested in this stuff at all, if you have anti vaxxers in your family who you like need to bolster arguments against, go read some of this stuff. Watch some of the videos I'm going to have in there. There's a lot of information to take in. Arm yourself. Um, arm yourself baby but then you know while you're at it maybe like check out the social meds we got you know at brain boggled on the insta at brain boggle pod on the twitter yeah. you post memes and fun stuff there Heck people yeah. have been tweeting at us recently which has been kind of funny oh interesting yeah. you know i've been tweeting back at them you know so that's good yeah, stuff it's mainly so just tweet me tweeting at brent but i'm kidding no, we, 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 I'm have, kidding. we have this guy this guy scott has been tweeting at us all hey scott shout out to you if you're shout still listening scott. hey scott the, He's the rare, you know, now you know, brain boggled fan. He's hey, the Mr. Rare Scott. Crossover. Oh, the what crossover. What you gonna do? What you gonna do? Make our dreams come true. Maybe buy some merch. My yeah, dream is my dream to end true. this podcast. And then uh, <laughs> check out check out the Patreon app. You know, Patreon forward slash brain boggle podcast. You know, Patreon, one buck a month. We've got bonus episodes. Check out all that stuff. And, oh, God. And bye. And bye. And bye, I guess. It's, it's late. <laughs> it's bye. Goodbye. Thanks. Bye. See bye. You guys next time. Bye. See you. Bye.